This episode of The Real Health Podcast is brought to you by K-Life, sustainable products that don't cost the earth. guys, welcome back to The Real Health Podcast. Empowering you to find your version of real health. We're your hosts, Ebony May and Carla Michelle. On today's episode, we have a really exciting one. We're talking all things skin and the basics of skin health. If you've followed me, you know that it's been a journey of my skin, but I'm super excited because Carla Michelle is taking the reins today. Tell us what we're talking about. Talking all things, the basics of skin. We'll actually be doing a bit of a skin sort of series and doing a few episodes based on skin in upcoming episodes. So if you guys have any questions about skin and anything in particular you want us to cover, just reach out to us on our Instagram and we'll be able to cover those for you. We'll get started first with our recap. I'll go first. My week has been, I don't know, my week hasn't been that great (laughs) just because of like lockdown, but today has been really good because I got to teach reformer. I got to do reformer and I don't want to rub it in because I know that you still can't at the moment. (laughs) I am finally back into a bit of a good routine. How was your week? That's so awesome. Yeah, I'm a little bit jealous that you got to do reformer, but the time will come for us Victorians. (laughs) Um, So I've had a really good week, I guess. We've been still in lockdown, but we got released and some of the restrictions ease, which is amazing. So I've just been doing a lot of study and focusing on smashing that out as much as I can. And I'm going um, into sort of mm-hmm. the digestive health, which is so interesting. And today I perfected the acai bowl recipe that I've been trying for so long. So I'm really excited about that. And I'm going to do another highlight on my stories because I finally got it right. That looked so good. Do you have a recommendation? Yes, I do. Because we've been in lockdown and I've still wanted to get some workouts in. I've been a little bit unmotivated, but being able to like follow along a workout has been motivating me. So I'm recommending, her name is Nicole. Her YouTube is Move With Nicole and she has all these amazing Pilates workouts from beginner to intermediate. So she's been really amazing to follow along with and all you need is a mat. What about you, Eb? My recommendation this week is a slow cooker. (laughs) I've been... How did I not see this coming? I've been so obsessed. (laughs) I have a Instagram stories highlight at Ebony May Health, by the way, just for my slow cooker ventures and I've been absolutely loving it. (laughs) Set it in the morning and forget it. It's so good. I know it's I've like I feel like a real adult now that I get excited about a slow cooker. You are a real adult, Eb. <laughs> Hit me with this week's real quick cue. Okay, so today along the lines of skin, we've had a lovely lady write in, and she wants to know what one product is that everyone should have in their skin routine. So obviously, mm. it is super hard for me as beauty therapist to just pick one. In terms of the health of the skin, I think the main thing is skin protection. So I would say SPF for sure. The effects of not wearing SPF are just too detrimental. It's going to protect you from not only like the physical characteristics like sun damage and pigmentation and aging and things like that, but also inflammation and brightness and hydration and One thing people don't know as well is that the sun can actually exacerbate certain conditions like acne and dermatitis. So it's super important. And especially when it comes to like skin growths and irregular lesions and things like that, obviously everybody knows 
that it's important to protect it for that. But we'll be delving deeper into SPF later in the episode. This really is your forte. Can you tell us, I guess, what are your qualifications with this? Yeah, so a little bit of a disclaimer here. I am a qualified beauty therapist and I do specialize in skin and have been practicing for over five years now. Thing is, everybody's skin is obviously very different and what might work for you might not work for another person. And as I can't see or feel your skin. These are general recommendations. So you definitely should consult a health professional before you make any decisions. And this podcast is strictly for informational purposes. So if you do have any questions that you want us to answer in a more personalized way, feel free to reach out to us on Instagram and shoot us a DM and we'd be happy to help in any way we can or even answer it on the pod. Now let's get into the episode. Eb, I have written up a little bit of points that I want to cover. I'm really excited and I feel like those of you listening, you know, Carla and I had a chat before and she went over a few things and I was like, oh my God, what? So I'm really excited for this whole series because it's really going to be multifaceted and covering a lot of different sections of skin. So where do we start? Well, I thought we'd start by just going through a little bit about the basics of the structure of the skin. So obviously the skin is so complex, um, but it's the largest organ in our body and it's the body's first line of defense against bacteria and pathogens. So it works to protect us, but also assist with like different functions, as you know, being from a nutrition background, like regulating temperature and things like that. To put it simply, the skin is made of three layers. Okay, so we have the first layer, which is our epidermis, and this is the skin's protective barrier. It's what's exposed to the outside world, and it's where all your dead skin cells sit. It actually has five different layers within it that support cellular turnover, which is the process where new and healthy cells come to the surface. And we'll touch on this a little bit later too. Secondly, we have your dermis, and that's your middle layer. This is probably my favorite layer of the skin, and I feel like this is where the magic happens because it's where your collagen sits, it's where your elastin sits, and it's sort of what keeps your skin plump and taut. It's got your blood vessels, and this is where your skin cells are actually at their healthiest point, so they're the most plump, where our sweat glands are and our pores and our hair follicles. There's a lot happening at the dermis layer of the skin. Our deepest layer is our hypodermis, or it's also known as the subcutaneous tissue. And this is where your connective tissue and obviously your fat tissue are held. When we actually look at the epidermal layer of the skin, we have what we call the barrier of the skin. It's made up of oil and water on the skin. So pretty much when we talk about oil, we're talking about ceramides and lipids on the skin. So that's what keeps our skin waterproof and what keeps it hydrated and intact so that, you know, different barrier uh, bacteria and anything foreign can't enter the skin or harm it in any way. So the skin works obviously to protect us. It's our main function. When this particular protective barrier is broken down, it can take anywhere from like 48 hours or more for it to naturally repair itself. And during that time, our skin is obviously susceptible to exposed pathogens and things like that. So this is when different skin conditions can happen. Things like acne and sensitivity, redness and dermatitis. Super important to keep this strong and healthy, which we can obviously do things for in terms of protecting it and hydrating it. But when it comes to like cleansing and things like that, that's when we can often break it down, unfortunately. I do want to get onto sort of the basics of cleansing and exfoliating. When I was obviously practicing as a beauty therapist, I would get so many questions. When do you, when should you cleanse? What do I cleanse with? So we'll just cover all the basics. In terms of cleansing, I definitely recommend to cleanse 
at night. Now, this might be a bit controversial. <laughs> a double cleanse at night is best because the first cleanse will be removing the SPF from the day, any dirt and debris, and the second cleanse is really what's going to remove anything a little bit deeper. And in the morning, it's actually best just to wash your face with a bit of water because this is what's going to keep that protective barrier of your skin intact. At night, that's when the process of repair and rejuvenation is happening in the skin. When it comes to exfoliation, we, we definitely don't want to overdo it or break down that barrier of the skin. When should you exfoliate? <laughs> so obviously, again, everybody's skin type might be different. Somebody might be producing a lot more oil than another person. But as a general rule, you should be exfoliating pretty much once a week, if not a little bit more depending which exfoliant you use. So in terms of the different types of exfoliants, definitely suggest to steer clear of scrubs. Another controversial opinion, but definitely backed by science. So in terms of harsh and abrasive scrubs, what they're actually doing when they're on the skin is causing little micro tears. And that's what's breaking down that oil and water barrier of the skin. You can actually get a much better result when it comes to exfoliation through using things like AHAs and BHAs. So AHAs and BHAs, they can do the same clearing and exfoliating, but at the same time, they're not breaking or causing micro tears to the protective barrier, which can then result in like acne and other skin conditions. Is that right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, obviously with anything, you can overdo it. So you can overuse hydroxy acids, which are those AHAs and BHAs, but it's all about sort of looking at your skin and being your own skin therapist I guess in a sense and just realizing that hey if I'm experiencing a little bit more dryness or sensitivity or inflammation maybe I should tone down my exfoliation and just playing it by ear that way so when it comes to hydroxy acids you have the AHAs and BHAs so a lot of people just hear this term and they're like oh yeah we know that they exfoliate but we don't know much about them right <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Mm. I can see you nodding. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> when it comes to BHAs, that is your salicylic acid, which a lot of people have heard of. It's more for acne and decongesting the skin because it's the only acid that can actually get within a pore and decongest it. And then you have your AHAs, which exfoliate the top surface of skin. And they're sort of more commonly known as your glycolic acids or your lactic acids. And they can often brighten the skin as well as actually hydrate the skin, especially when we're talking about lactic acid. It's not just for exfoliation. They have a lot more benefits than using just an abrasive scrub or little beads or something like that that are just sort of removing dead skin without doing anything more than that. Why is it important to exfoliate? Pretty much our skin naturally brings new and healthy cells to the surface. Usually it takes about 28 days on average, but as you get older, so it, so say when you're in your 20s, it will take about, you know, say 21 to 28 days. And then when you get, say, up to your 50s, this process can take between 60 to 90 days. Essentially, you want this process to occur quickly rather than slowly so that you constantly have new and healthy cells at the surface and your skin's looking bright and clear. So essentially, the process of exfoliation speeds up this process. Okay, so it helps the cellular turnover. Yeah, because think about it. If you're getting rid of the top surface of dead skin on that epidermal layer, your skin has to, it's making way for new cells to come up again. So what happens is those levels of the skin that I spoke about, we have new skin cells down the bottom layer of the skin. And then what happens is the top level of skin, the dead skin comes off, and then these new and healthy cells rise up through the layers of the skin. Right, okay. Yeah. 
So when they say at that middle layer, the dermis, that's when they're their most plump, their most healthy, they're, you know, living their best life pretty much. And then as they come up to the surface, they get smaller, the cytoplasm within the cell is removed, is that sort of gel almost in our skin, right? So as it comes up to the surface, it forms what we call a corneocyte, which is the the dead skin cell. And that's what forms that surface level epidermis. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Amazing. And pretty much, yeah, we want to keep removing it to make way for new and healthy cells so that, you know, our skin is not lackluster or dull. You know, we're removing dead skin to prevent, you know, congestion and things like that. And how often do you do that process of exfoliation? Again, everybody's skin is so different. I actually use this amazing serum (laughs) um, that has your hydroxy acids in there. And I've worked my skin strength up to be able to use it every night. And it's made to be used every night. But oftentimes, and nine times out of 10, um, hydroxy acids and things like that are only made to be used, you know, once a week or things like that. So this is a very specialized product that I use. Mm -hmm. As a general rule, I would be recommending um, a couple of times a week with something more mild, but with something a bit stronger once a week, definitely. And also when it comes to cleansers, there's so obviously so many out there on the market and depending what your skin type is, you will use a different cleanser or you may use the same. So in terms of like the protective barrier of the skin, even using like a too harsh cleanser can break down that barrier. Usually, unless you have excessively oily skin, you should be using a really nourishing, hydrating, like gentle cleanser. And just doing a double cleanse at night to make sure that everything's removed. If you have more of an oilier skin, it's best to use a gel and steer clear from like a foam because that's when it's stripping that barrier of the skin. There are so many different types of cleansers. So you said that the foam does like strip the skin. Can you go through like the different types of cleansers? Yeah. So pretty much the basics are, you know, your gel cleanser, which Mm -hmm. sometimes they can turn from a gel to a foam. And then you have your like cream cleansers and then you Mm -hmm. have like your more scrubby kind of exfoliants. And then you have your more chemical exfoliants, which are your hydroxy acids and things like that. Yeah. In terms of like the physical exfoliants, they're your more scrubs and things like that. But when it comes to cleansers in terms of like the gel form a lot of the times a gel is a little bit more active so is you know more suited for an oily skin to get rid of that oil and debris when it comes to the foam it can be more stripping and more drying for the skin especially can change like the ph of your skin and things like that if we're getting into more science of the skin so you actually want your skin to be sitting at a ph of about 4.5 to 5.5 And using hydroxy acids actually um, bring your skin back to an acidic sort of level. So back to that optimal level. Yeah. And when we use things that throw out that, that balance, like something that's a bit too harsh for our skin, or if we're a little bit more stressed um, or our diet's a bit different, that can actually change the pH levels of the skin and cause it to be more alkaline. And that's when we have sort of a little bit more susceptibility to that broken barrier and to skin conditions happening. Before we were talking about the physical exfoliant compared to a chemical exfoliant, when you say like a physical, it does damage the skin, that's different for whether the skin's on your face or the skin of your body? Yes, definitely. So the skin on our body is obviously a lot thicker and a lot stronger than the skin on our face. It doesn't have obviously as many susceptibilities to different skin conditions 
still definitely can, but not as much as the face. So the skin on the face is to be treated a little bit more kindly, I guess, and is a bit more sensitized to the environment, to the outside world. It's always exposed. You can use a physical exfoliant on the body. I think it's a lot better in terms of quicker effect, but definitely for the face, you're clear as much as you can. (laughs) Yeah, because I love the coffee scrubs and stuff like that. I feel like I get a really good result from that. But, you know, I used to, and occasionally in the past have you know done it on my face and it's something I try to steer clear from now because I do feel that it is like very rough and since I started building my skin tolerance up to those chemical peels and things like that I have seen a lot better results from doing it that way can we talk we're gonna do well you're gonna do pretty much a whole episode on different skin treatments and things like that but can we talk through the difference between when we're talking about exfoliation if you if you're if you're listening and you think I would like to get a facial and have that exfoliation what kind of things are you looking for when you go to the salon what kind of treatments are you looking for that is going to be an exfoliation that's not too abrasive on the skin okay so I love that question so I worked with a lot of different peels and things like that rather than abrasive scrubs. Just keep an eye out and know that focus more so on the chemical exfoliants like we spoke about and not to be scared that they're called a chemical exfoliant. (laughs) They're actually going to be working a lot deeper into the skin. They can actually not only provide Mm. benefits for exfoliating, but also for brightening, renewal of the skin. They do it in a lot more of a gentle way. So definitely dip your toe in the chemical peels and not to be scared of it because good places shouldn't actually leave you walking out with a peeling red face unless you're getting a really really intense peel for you know different different conditions like you know acne scarring and things like that but as a general rule skin enzymes and skin peels should actually leave you feeling really super hydrated and super glowy afterwards and if you are leaving the salon feeling really red and inflamed there's a little bit of an issue there that you should, should definitely flag with your skin therapist but definitely just having an open conversation with your skin therapist whichever salon that you go to letting them know this is what you want out of your skin and they'll be monitoring monitoring your skin the whole time yeah that was in my case I was really anxious about getting a chemical peel and I was like I don't think I want it I've got really sensitive skin and I'm so glad that Karina my skin therapist was like no no just let me try a really really gentle one and she did and it stung like heaps and now she's worked my (laughs) skin up to like like a much higher dosage is, I don't even know if that's the right term, but yeah, it, it is, um, yeah. and it barely tingles now. So I'm really happy that it strengthened my skin because now I can use different kind of products that I didn't used to be able to use without having a bit of a reaction. Yes, It's definitely something that if it does sound really scary, don't stress, just make sure you communicate that. And I think it, I've seen like a massive improvement in my skin, like the overall like brightness and then also fading of acne scarring has been huge yeah definitely Mm. when it comes to the word chemical obviously it's just a scary word (laughs) and I think even like because I do want to go into different sunscreens and things like that so yeah the word chemical will be brought up there but just know that it just means that it's working a little bit deeper in the skin and has a bit more of a deeper effect rather than something that's just physically scrubbing and tearing the skin after the break we chat a little bit more about spf and go into the different skin types and how to know which skin type you are but before that we have a little word from our sponsor k-life 
So Carla, I know that sustainability is something that you're really passionate about and that you've been delving a little bit more into. Yeah, definitely. Having a sustainable future is something that's super important to me. And having single-use plastic has got to be one of the fastest ways that the environment is harmed. Oh, absolutely. And that's why we are so excited to partner with K-Life because they contribute to change and have decided to address some of the most commonly used everyday items. And you may have seen my bottle and my keep cup. I absolutely love them. Yes, Eb, I've seen you use yours and they're so stylishly designed and they've got a premium matte finish as well, which is perfect for the environmentally conscious consumer. So a little bit more about their products. Their bottles and reusable cups are crafted from premium stainless steel with a double wall construct. So it means that they keep your drinks at the optimum temperature. So the keep cup, obviously you can keep your coffee hot. And then when you go to the beach with your water bottle, it stays cold all day, which is definitely essential on those hot summer days. And it's also BPA and toxin free. They come in reusable and recyclable packaging and ship orders with a carbon neutral shipping. I know, honestly, I feel like they just tick all of the boxes and I'm so excited for our listeners because K-Life are generously offering our listeners an exclusive 20% off the entire website. So to get the offer, enter IHP20 at the checkout. Thank you so much, K-Life, for making this episode of The Real Health Podcast possible. Now let's get back to the episode. All right. So there are two different types of sunscreens that you've probably heard of. So the first one is a mineral sunscreen and the second one is a chemical sunscreen. And they're based on the way they perform in the skin. We'll start with mineral. So it's also known as inorganic, but it's sometimes incorrectly referred to as a physical sunscreen. Have you heard of that term before? Yeah. Yeah, more so physical, right? You can see, I guess, in your mind what it would be, like physical, like you said, reflecting, as opposed to like, you know, like chemicals you can't see. I don't know. That's how I think about it. Yeah. So I guess the the mineral or the physical sunscreen is more of a reflection like you said so it actually reflects 95% of UV rays it absorbs the other 5% whereas your chemical sunscreen actually reflect all of the rays think of the physical sunscreens as a literal physical shield on the skin the chemical sunscreens as well so they're also known as organic and they like I said absorb the rays so they protect it from actually penetrating deeper into the skin When it comes down to SPF, it is personal preference at the end of the day. But what I would recommend is at least an SPF of 50 every day. I actually wanted to delve into something deeper that not a lot of people know about Ebb, the solar constant, especially when I was working in the industry, like no one really knew what this was. And it's so important because companies and brands and things like that oftentimes just skim over it or don't even mention it at all. So it's a Basically, what the solar constant means is it's just all the different forms of light in our world. So not just UV affects the skin. We have visible light, lights in our home and things like that. But also we have infrared light, which is coming from our computers and our phones. And they are all forms of light that affect the skin. When you look for a sunscreen, you actually want to make sure that it protects you against all those forms of light, not only UVA and UVB. So a lot of the times you'll see on a packet UVA and UVB on the packaging of sunscreen, but there's never any mention of the different forms of light. So I would just suggest that, you know, you just start to be a bit more of a conscious consumer and just sort of, even if you can ask the brand or ask the worker, you know, if their product can protect you against those types of forms of light and just be a little bit more informed. What is that? What will it have on the label if it does? So a lot of the times that it's not on the label because they don't need to put it on there but it's just about Mm -hmm. having a chat before you buy a product and doing a little bit more research and just understanding that 
All they need to say is that it protects you against UV. Do your own research, go and talk to the people who work there and they should be able to help you. Yeah, that's so interesting because I think I've heard that about blue light and I think sometimes, you know, you're probably thinking, oh, I'm not going to go outside today, I'm just going to do lots of work and then you're unprotected that whole day. I know and so many of my clients, like bless them, but they used to say to me, oh, you know, I, I, I only wear sunscreen when I go outside. And I'm like, that's wonderful that you do wear sunscreen, first of all. But it's coming in through our computers. It's coming in through our um, through our blinds and our windows. windows. Yeah. So it's it's everywhere. And especially as well, like there's so much focus now with like the blue light blocking glasses for our eyes and things like that. And I always see them. And I think that's so good that there's so much awareness around it now. But what about the effect it has on our skin as well? Yeah, I definitely need to be more diligent when I am at home and not necessarily going out to still include that in my uh, in my routine. I think that finding a sunscreen mm-hmm. that you really like and that goes with your skincare routine is really important too because I know we were speaking before I have a sunscreen now that I would easily, that I'm happy just to put on every single day. But in the past, I went for a more natural sunscreen, which was a physical sunscreen, which is nothing, sorry, like a, um, yeah. a mineral sunscreen. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it was very, very thick. So I actually hated putting it on and it was only SPF 30 as opposed to the chemical one yes. that I have, which is SPF 50. Yeah, again, it is personal preference and there are a few brands out there now that are making really, really amazing mineral, which is that physical sunscreen and zinc based that doesn't give that like sort of cast or white cast on the skin or chalky feeling and it's really thin and lightweight. So definitely do your research. There's some really amazing brands out there. So I think another really important thing to cover and to mention is the difference between skin types and skin conditions. Do you know sort of much about the differences, Eb? When I think of a skin type, I think like oily or combination or dry. Exactly. Yeah. So you can have oily, dry, combination or normal skin. And obviously just depends on the oil flow of the skin. So usually in the T-zone, so the forehead, nose and chin um, is where you'll find a lot more of your oil flow. Um, the cheeks is a lot of the times where more of a, a the dryness can happen. So if you do have that mix of oil and dryness, oil through the T-zone and dryness through the cheeks, that's nine times out of 10 combination skin. If you have that oil flow through the T-zone, but also through the cheeks, nine times out of 10, oily skin. And then again, the dry skin is pretty self-explanatory, not so much oil flow throughout the day. Um, and the normal skin is pretty balanced pretty much throughout the day. So the other thing that I really want to mention is that the type of cleansing and the overstripping that you do to your skin can throw out the balance of the oil flow. So if you tend to overstrip the skin, you break down that barrier of the skin, but you're also causing the skin to compensate that oil loss and overproduce oil. Well, I know that you were saying that you had some clients who would come in and say, oh, I've got really, really oily skin, but then they actually had dry skin or vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. And it's actually about toning it down. And so what I would do for those type of clients is put them on actually a really gentle cleanser, which obviously is really out of some people's comfort zone when they love the feeling of a scrub or a foaming cleanser. And trust me, I was there. I was that person. But then it's all about sort of toning it down and letting the skin be as it should be and just monitoring that for a little bit and letting it sort of balance itself out. And they often found that when they stopped like over cleansing their skin, they thought they had really dry skin, their oil flow actually balanced out because naturally they had 
normal skin or they had more of a drier skin. It's just about sort of toning it down when you feel like your skin's a little bit out of whack and just starting again. Focusing on reparative first and foremost because then that's what's going to stop you from getting different skin conditions. So then if we talk about skin conditions, these are things like dehydration, redness, inflammation, and sensitivity. So rather than like sensitive skin being a skin type, it's actually a skin condition. It's more about the type being the oil flow or the dryness of the skin and the condition being the way it presents and more so as well factors like your environment and what you do to the skin can change the actual condition more so than the type. How can somebody, if somebody's sitting listening to this thinking, I don't know what my skin type is, how do you figure it out? More so, like I mentioned before, if you take it back to basics and you just start to take away those, if you're using like really, really harsh products, just turn it down, monitor the way your skin is presenting for about a week or so. And you're looking at the areas of the skin, like the T-zone. So the forehead, the nose and the chin. If you're presenting with oil in those areas, you're more likely to have oily skin. If you're presenting with oil in those areas on the T-zone and you've got dryness on the cheeks, that's combination. Um, And then pretty much dryness all over is self-explanatory. But yeah, first first and foremost, before you assess the skin, tone it down. At the end of the day, you're the one who's looking at your skin. So you'll be the best person to see the way it's presenting and to know how your skin usually acts and the way it should feel. So if you feel like there's something off, definitely just tone it back and, you know, see a professional for it, obviously. But bringing it back to the strength of the skin and the overall integrity of the skin is the first thing that we look for as a skin therapist. So if somebody comes to me with different skin conditions, the first thing I do is assess the health and the strength of their skin. Because without that protective barrier and the strength of the skin, they're more susceptible to different conditions. And you pretty much have nothing if you don't have the skin integrity. Like seriously, it's the largest organ of our body and it's sometimes the most neglected. Really hope that everybody enjoyed today's episode. This was just a little bit of basics. If there's anything that you guys want us to delve a little bit more deeper in, please let us know. And again, just remembering that this is general advice. Everybody's skin is different. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing all of that with us. I'm really excited to delve you know, more into this topic because as I said, it's something I'm really interested in. But my mind has been blown like a lot today. So thank <laughs> I'm you. I'm so glad. And yeah, look, it is a little bit to take in, um, but just know that keep it simple, tone it down. And if you guys do have any questions, definitely feel free to reach out to us. Amazing. Thank you so much guys for listening. If you like this episode, we have a lot more. So definitely stay tuned. You can subscribe or follow depending on which app you're listening to. And we would really, really appreciate if you guys would leave a rating and review. It really helps us grow. And we did actually get onto the uh, charts for the health and fitness section. So it's awesome if you can do a little bit more of that, like a little bit more rating and reviewing and listening and sharing. It just helps us to grow the podcast and help more people people find what real health means to them yeah and for all those people who have so far we are really really grateful and just for everyone who keeps listening and keeps downloading the episodes we appreciate you guys so much so so much and yeah we will talk to you in the next episode until then we wish you happiness and real health